Hello, we are on the air. This is Kathy Cook, also known as Bright Lights Pathfinders. And tonight we are going to open the show with a little bit of grandmother drum, her heartbeat, that is in care of a wonderful person, spiritual, beautiful person, White Eagle, that is going to be a part of BBS Radio next week. Hopefully, if we can get it um, scheduled properly. But uh, with her permission, we are going to open the show with this piece. Doug, I'm ready. Sunny, 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 sunny,
there's an amazing connection to everyone in this universe. And it's the heartbeat that we all carry within us. The heartbeat that we have written within our hearts. The message that we were placed here to begin with for this world. Our walk, our path. With our truth will of speaking the truth, knowing the truth, hearing the truth, being the truth, walking the truth, talking the truth. Earth wisdom. Okay, now listen. You know how so many broadcasts, I tell you, if you cannot get to a drum, to place your hand on your heart and just tap it. You just tap it gently. We all have a connection. I want to give you a web page that will help you to understand what Grandmother Drums Project is all about through the care of White Eagle. It is HTTP colon forward slash forward slash whirlingrainbow.com. There is so much to share about this person. I can't wait to uh, interview her next week. On BBS, I just I'm so humbled and and grateful because it started long long ago. But Grandmother Drum was part of my life when I was at the Seneca Reservation Twelve Sided Lodge, and I met several people there that are just now coming back into my life. And uh, as I've said many many years on broadcast. Keeping that heartbeat going that whole week, that 72 hours, the consistency, each person taking a turn every hour. And the things that we learned are just, I've only shared pieces of it. But it is time. It is time for us all to come together as one heart, one love, one beat at a time. We're all uniquely packaged spiritually. Everyone has their own walk. Only they know their walk is written inside their heart. No matter how hard we try to go to other people to get the understanding through through intuitive consultations or whatever, you know, from other people, all they can do is help you guide your path maybe or maybe place parts in there where you want to have that as your destiny and you follow it. But it's so simple. We make it so hard. If we meditate, we're just listening to Creator. And just to start with, if your mind is wandering, stare into a candle or get a, I like to get a drum and just beat the same drum sound over and over, repetition. That's how I started. And also I started by saying light, light, light. And I would reflect into my third eye, light. And if a thought would come into my head, I would acknowledge the thought because if I don't, it was going to continue to come into my head. And I would say, I acknowledge you thought. I'll think about you in five minutes or I'll write about you. And then follow back down into your heart and feel that beat and the light and the love. The light's in the love. We're trying to turn our minds off in meditation so that we can listen in the deepest garden of our heart. And then to pray is actually talking to Creator. Talking things out as if 
You're sitting in the room. That's how I do it. Sometimes I go in real deep reverence. A lot of times I just talk to God just like, he's right here. She's right here. Right here. Because I feel a part of me is yearning to come out into a new direction. We're on a new path. Everyone, the old path, I know, like I explained a couple weeks ago, three separate times, I felt like I was in a, a like an airplane, and when it takes off and it goes so fast, it goes faster than your ears can take or your eyes. And my ears would pop, my eyes, and uh, it was just, I tried to clear them by holding my nose, chewing gum, but until it was ready to level out, then it just did its thing. I literally feel that um, last May, I was laying and meditating, and I felt that this like a, if you think of your body as an airplane and it gets pulsed a minute, you know, like a rumble, you know, or like an explosion, my, my entire equilibrium went, you know, from side to side really fast. And I knew something was up then. Now, I like to sit and meditate in a sitting position instead of laying, but I do lay a lot as well. Depends. I like to meditate two or three times a day. And my favorite is to sit cross-legged and let the music pull me to what I'm going to feel or do and hold my wings out, which are my arms, and let them just fly. shows me how and where I'm balanced and where I need to be balanced. And I place myself as if I'm looking at earth and where it needs to be healed and turned and, and loved a little bit more. And there's just so much to share on this journey. I just want everyone to know that they've got to find their own. We can share what we have. But the important part is, is to find it inside your own heart and walk it and talk it and live it and speak it every way you can. If you mess up and you have a flub up, Forgive yourself. If it involves another person, go to them and ask forgiveness. And then go to the creator with a clean vessel so that the blessings of the understanding can be brought. Now, I say the understandings because I like to seek understanding, not answers. Because with me, there's more questions to follow with an answer. If I seek the understanding, I can't, I captured the understanding of that particular ponder that I have. My voice is a little raspy today, and please forgive me. It'll be all right. But um, I want to welcome everybody here that is listening tonight. And I want you to make sure to go to New Whirling Rainbow Sanctuary Land. It's the 11-11-11 in Peru is what... I've been reading all about all of the schedules and contacts. It's, it's just amazing what, what Grandmother Drum is being and going to these places and and just healing these places that are very, very, very sensitive. Just like a human has sensitivity with something that's fractured or frail them. I think of a human as like a glass menagerie at times. Let's use that analogy, even though we're trees. Let's think, um, let's do a tree. Because we are all like the tree. The leaves are our lungs. Just like our lungs have those little uh, 
leaves in them. You know, you breathe in what the leaves leave us, and we breathe out the leaves and the trees breathe us. My first adventure of ever even being woken into what I was to do after I had had my guardians, uh, Elena, leave after she showed me the stars where I was from and, you know, put the connecting the dots of the stars together, playing with me. Literally, I could see her, him, her, it, all of it. And that night, um, I went into my mother's bedroom because Elena said, I have to leave you now. She says, you've got to find your way. I'll always be with you. However, you will probably forget me along the way of life's path. And I went into my mother's room. and I was so upset. Oh, Mom, Mom and Daddy, they were already in bed. Elena was leaving. And my mother consoled me and says, get in the bed with them. And she made sure I understood that one day I'll see Elena again. Well, if you think about it, I did not remember Elena. I remembered Elena on and off vaguely. And as I grew, I rode my horse all over the place and with no bridle or saddle. I didn't need one because there's no need. I wanted a fair lady to show me where to go. I just knew there was something out there, but I couldn't put my finger on it. I couldn't remember, but I knew there was a magical dream dust of things that were to come. And as I grew older and got married and had my children, I brought them into going, we had, actually we had the Native American burial grounds right in our backyard. My girlfriend, Bridget, Mary Jo came over and she had two doll rods making sure what it was. And there was a totem pole, everything was there. And I'd lay in that land. I placed crystals around a circle, made myself a little medicine wheel from the stones that the kids and I had and, and Marty had dug up a hidden night. And so Bridget told me to sit in there and just ponder. Well, things got to where when a marriage splits up and your heart breaks so deeply and it makes you feel like you're going to just die inside. Bridget took me home. She took me saying she was going to take me to bingo down the street. We got in the car and we ended up in New, in uh near Niagara Falls in New York. And it was the most amazing adventure of healing and uh, care and love that I have ever experienced. That particular time, Gramps Twyla, my son's grandmother, because Gramps Kitty was leaving to go to Florida, she gave out these little pamphlets and one kernel of corn. She said that one kernel of corn will never be hungry. And she had us lay our heads down and listen to the earth. And I had a question that I kept pondering of a dream. And one of the sisters, Jennifer, had me go and sit at the medicine well beside the 12-sided lodge until I understood each and every stone and how it felt and what it was telling me. And I have always collected stones from all over the world because when people ask me what to bring back from their journey, I say, if a stone speaks to you, you will know. And that is what I would like to have back from your journey, the peace of the land, because that land 
that stone, the stone people are the oldest and can tell us so many things if we listen and look at the stones, lines, and, and just really just don't look at it logically, but look into the stone. Look at the little cracks and crevices. See the visions and images you get within those stones. Because those stones are telling you about things that David had within them since the beginning of their creation. And as we are the tree of life, and the stones hold the tree and earth together, and our roots grow deep, very deep, as deep as deep can go. You think of your tree being within the earth, on top of the earth, and those roots are healing and holding her. Because what's happened is all these man-made needs have split and cracked, just like if somebody drilled on your tooth or your bone or, you know, your body. It would have places that need healing. And there's these grids that I keep getting the circumference numbers. I have posted for years and years and years on the TNT News Trader. And I'm meaning to go back to see them and understand them. But I feel like when I do something like that, or I get a word or two, and I get a dream that is like a vision if it tells me to get up, then it's not just for me. It's It will mesh with anyone's work or heart. Because everyone can get something out of another person's work or their tales or their stories. Just like you don't know what the perspective is in another person's heart or even what colors they see the colors as. Because I'm not them and they're not me. We're uniquely packaged spiritually. If something's bothering me, which I've had a very rough week of many things, but they were, I appreciated each and every endeavor that I had this week. If something bothers me that another is doing and affecting me, I get my rock out, whichever rock calls me, and I sit in my rock and chair because rocking gets you virtually nowhere, just like the worry does. gets you nowhere. So if I hold on to that boulder or that stone and I feel in my heart, not my ego, not the child within, not the teacher, but the self in me and allow myself to really rock because I can't lie to myself. I can close it and hide it so that I don't see it that way. But if I stay true to myself and look at why it is affecting me, that a person, place, or thing is doing, it is something inside of my own life, work, ways, how I am, in some way, shape, or form. It might not be the same exact thing, but it will cohere and resonate to what I need. So I'm very, 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 very dedicated to constantly keeping my vessel clean. This past week, I have not done it as well as I should have due to other incidences coming in, which we all know that experience, how we experience something is up to us because those are our feelings. And our feelings are what cause us to react and respond in certain things that have a circumstance because a circumstance has a house of its own. It could be from sciatic nerve damage. It could be from, from a relationship. It could be from 
having to move out of your house, whatever the circumstance is, then what happens is that circumstance is circled and out pops experience. How am I going to experience that circumstance? I can stand on my head. I can headache over it. I can lash out over it. I can listen to music. I can veg out on the TV. I can write about it. I can walk. But the doing behavior is the only feeling of doing that is going to get it accomplished to the understanding and acceptance of that circumstance. I know in my heart, in my walk, the more I try to force something, it's not going to work. I have to give it. I have to gently, with patience, encourage it along. And then it'll unfold for me. If it's something that I'm not to know right away and won't come to my heart for understanding, that is when I get out a journal. I get out a journal, I might jot down just words, you know, just a word here and there, like chair, uh, fish, pitcher, dirt, whatever. I'll just lay them down, and then later when it's time for it to call me, allow things to call me towards them that are in my heart. Because we have a lot of manipulation out there in the world today. And once we expose it to ourselves and know what, know where the source is, we don't have to play into that game that, that this world has tended to become. I know that my part in my life, I felt like everybody's just like a little teeny fleck of sand, you know. But all the sand is what takes up to make the beach and our water is our relations because it is what splits our continents up. And in order to get to one place to another, we have to go over water and through water is also what keeps us alive. Our body's made up of 98% water. And I can ask myself, what kind of water do I feel like I am today? Am I a creek bed? Am I a river with rapid with boulders in it? Am I the ocean? My waterfall, and my glass of water, a drop of water, or even a pond. How do I feel with that water? The feeling, the experience that I get, either looking at it, touching it, or becoming it. And I ask myself the descriptive adjectives. And right now, I feel like a babbling brook. It's pure and clean. It's it's ever flowing. It feeds into every other parts of the water, <coughs> into relations. And with a nice babbling spring, I know I'll never thirst for the words of my heart, the meditations of my heart, and the truth in my heart. And that's what I get out of asking myself what kind of water. Now I can ask myself. Many different things I've shared with you people over and over, but it's important today to share it again. Ask yourself, or has someone asked you, or you ask someone else, what color do you feel today? Do you want to become that color? Have them breathe deeply from their abdomen. Pull up all the positive energy, and then blow out all the negative. Pull up through your nose, positive. Blow out from your mouth, negative. Four times. And once you do that, then you'll be able to um, center yourself better. And you'll be able to uh, 
see where and what you need out of that color. You could be several colors. You could be holding a piece of material. You could be painting something that color. You could be wearing that color. Or you could be all that color. Just like lavender crayon, like a crayon. You think of the purple crayon. The lavender is to the purple. How? The tightest little periwinkle of the blue comes out. They're each different. It depends on how hard you want to go down on yourself with that color. Are you going to go lightly? See if I am. I had to move my dog. She was about to hurt herself. Or are you going to, uh, are you going to color in the lines or out of the lines in your life? But feel that color. What descriptive adjectives do you get? Since I chose the purple, I feel royalty. I feel, I feel these words that I can't even put into, into mind and through words from my heart. It's a, it's a feeling that is so clean and pure. It's a healing. And the purple is something that our mountains have in the United States in our song. So the purple is very, very, very meaningful. And, and how it makes me feel is anything that I need for myself will be given to me by just knowing and believing it for the good of all and how it will affect other people. How well how I act and speak and behave affect another person. If I keep that in heart intact, then I'll be okay. People don't tend to want to hurt people on purpose. But then there's some out there that play games for points or, you know, their needs, you know. But I don't look at that because that's not where I'm at. So I look at what I need, and I quit looking at what other people need and see and why they're doing those things. And I used to take a kaleidoscope that's very important to me. When Alina left that night, I found the kaleidoscope in my little baby brother's uh, bassinet. And if you think of all the colors and, and all the perspectives a kaleidoscope can give you, but you have to be very still. Because one's flight, move, or thought, or, t- or little flinch can change the perspective inside that kaleidoscope. That's like what it is on this earth and this walk we walk. The perspective ever changing to meet our needs. When I decide to walk this path, there was no turning back. People thought I was nuts. They wanted to label me all these things they could. I'm going to tell you what, my heart's deep and it's and it's tender. And it hurts deeply when, when it's especially a, a mate that we pull away from. It hurts beyond understanding. If I could hold on to the carpet, then I was going to be all right. And if I wrote about it, 
I'm not one to talk too much about my feelings of others because I feel that that would be called gossip. And my perspective of what a person in my life or getting ready to be out of my life has been, that's my perspective. And that's a one-sided. And then once I speak that to another, then they may go and share it to another. And it gets watered down or twisted or changed a little bit. And that's how it continues to go down the pole. And before you know it, it's not even the beginning of what I shared, hopefully in confidence with another about what I'm feeling and needing. So I've learned to write a lot, a lot, a lot. Just write it out. Because I cannot hide from myself in any way, shape, or form once I start writing. If I let myself go, not tr- not channeling, but let myself go into my heart. Turn my brain off the logical side and use maybe part of the, the uh, creativity side, the right side. And then just... Let it flow, man. If it's something that I feel like I'm, I can start it off like a letter, like I'm going to give it to someone. And um, I don't have to at the end. But I've written it out as much as I want, as how I want to say it, and the best that I needed to say it. And I usually write to uh, a lot of David Lawrence's uh, music, beautiful pianist, composer, uh, classical. He was on BBS radio last Saturday night, and I, I just didn't really feel, I just didn't feel the uh, what I needed to hear from him, so I didn't really pay attention to it very much. But his music, I would write poems and lyrics to how that music would make me feel at that particular time. And it was really strange, because his music, as with George Winston or Wyndham Hill or Donnie or any that doesn't have any, you know, lyrics to it, I would just feel it and let it talk to me. And it would talk to me where I was in my heart at that particular time in my life, healing me in amazing ways. I would love to know more about David Lance because uh, I would just love to sit one-on-one and just talk to him and ask him how how he came up with some of the things he did because that is probably my biggest when I started on the schematic path, I ripped everything out of my life and looked at it. I did not. I did not hide from myself. I was ready, and I stood on that ocean inlet where the ocean meets the inlet, and I said, okay, God, creator, I am ready. Take me and show me what you wish for me to do to help myself help this world. Bring into my life all the people, places, and things that are of this will and of this destiny. And take away all people, places, and things that should not be a part of me while I'm walking this path. I know that many people come in and out of our lives. And we can remember them from a long time ago and back up to now. But when I really listen in my heart, I don't question even if it's something I don't want to do, if it's something I, you know, like a breakup of relationship or, you know, anything like that, it's something that if I follow my truth, that it's right, then it's going to be okay. 
And if I stay in the moment, the present moment, that's the most beautiful gift I can get in the universe. Because that gives me exactly what's going on in the here and now. Even though if I do go somewhere else and my thoughts are, you know, the store, whatever, I'm always where I'm supposed to be. I chose it. I'm always where I'm supposed to be in my life. And nothing can make me feel better than to know that. And everyone in this world has a message for each person. From have a good day or will you close the door? It doesn't matter what it is. If you say, will you close the door? Well, then maybe those are doors I need to close inside of myself because maybe I'm too um, out there, not grounded. So every message anybody speaks, you can take it and follow it away for later. You can ditch it if it's not something you really feel like is needed, but I guarantee you those ones you ditch are going to be coming back up in your in your process. But everybody stop a minute. Try to stop in your daily walk in life. Why is that anything that gains your attention, even slightly, from a green leaf to a, you know, a little worm on the side of the road? What is it that is giving you that message? Because the Creator always gives us a gift after we have blessed and ceremonied and done the ritual that we do. I call it a ritual because it's my... I put up storyboards and um, hold on a minute. I put up storyboards and at at the time I think they're relating to something that I had just done or whatever, like a wedding or, you know, my children getting married or whatever. But then it always has a deeper meaning later on. If I'm doing a, a ceremonial prayer, I will not take pictures of it. But if it's for something for me to learn later, I will take several pictures and several angles of the different altar that I set up. And later it comes back in many different, many different lessons for me. So many lessons that it's beyond, beyond, beyond. And it may me being the one to make it the original message for what I thought I needed at the time. But my heart and my spirit and soul and my body know if I stay connected to the one source, don't do all that channeling into myself when I'm working on myself, then I get a better understanding. And then I take the pictures and I just put them down for a while. And then I go back a year or two later and go, oh, wow, this means this. This this means that. Wow, that resonates to what's going on in my life now. And I'll go pull out the journal or whatever and look at back two years ago when I made that particular storyboard. And it is totally not anything that it means today. But that's good. That means I've grown. And uh, makes me want to say to think of people when you speak of them in any way, shape, or form. We have many names on this on this earth path. We come and get one name from our parents, but we're known for many, many names along the path. Blessed be one's name, because what you speak goes out there. 
and could affect that person in a good way or bad way or indifferent. But bless it, even if you're angry and you're thinking about that person, bless them and then get upset with them. But then bless them again so that you can learn the lesson, not what, don't be the victim. We make ourselves the victim. I do know that uh, this earth is crying hard. And I feel like I have been inside a mother earth's womb for a long time, several times. And I'm in a birthing process with birthing pains. And thank goodness I took Lamaze for my children to be born naturally. And the one was 32 hours of labor. And uh, I think of Mother Earth trying to be birthed. Just like that dream I had several months ago. And I shared where in meditations I was swimming and I became, you know, a fish. And then I become a mermaid. I had to swim, swim, swim all to the depths of the ocean. And uh, it was wrapped around a coil with a... With a uh, Shell and the shell had a pearl in it. And that pearl I was to take up to the highest over the rainbow and bring it back and set it down on top of Mother Earth, which she absorbed. It was like a mother of pearl. And that is when I felt like I had rebirthed into understanding even deeper what my mission is here on this earth. I hope I touch as many as I can and share my stories and and my thoughts and my ways of life so that maybe it would help that per, another person that's hearing right now look for their inside story. Why does that catch your attention like maybe the uh, little chair sitting over there? What does that chair represent to you? Well, a chair represents... Um, resting, and it represents, you could read in it, um, maybe I'm hungry for words of knowledge of other people, um, maybe it's because I need to, to journal more, or I love to sit in my big chair and draw. My art is very different than most. It takes two years or so to make one piece, basically, and to see the formations that it comes to has so many different messages inside. Even a piece of tree bark. You know, if you ask the tree, may you have it, don't just take it. That'd be like somebody, you know, taking something off you. But ask the tree, may you have a piece of this bark. And look at it. Look at the, look at the little images it has inside. You know, maybe a tree has some Woodpecker markings on it. What does that resonate to you? Start looking at the symbols that 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 Earth, our mother, her wisdom is all right here in front of us. We just have to take time for ourselves to let it go and be a part. And I guarantee you, you'll lose yourself. You won't even know that you're not her mother Earth. It's that grounding. Make sure to bless. If you take something from the earth, put something back in return. And uh, the same with people. If you can find a way to fix the mess that so many people have gotten into with becoming other people instead of becoming what they felt in their heart because they thought it was a good idea, 
it would be really good for you to go to that person or even write them. Tell them what you got out of it. Because I'm sure they'll it'll be okay with them. As long as you give them a little credit and as long as you share with them, maybe in privacy, what you gained out of something someone said or you read instead of writing it, you know, back into yourself's book or whatever to be used. It's good to give credit where credit's due. I give credit to God Almighty, which I choose to call Jesus Christ. Because without him showing me that he loved me so much and was crucified to stay in his truth and to keep walking his walk and shed that blood on that bloody Sunday and then the resurrection. You know, my grandfather came to me when, after he died, just as plain as day, and I went to hug him, and he goes, no, 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 you can't touch me. I want to talk to you. And I was in the 10th grade. When God, when Jesus rose, he couldn't let anybody judge him either. I wonder why that is. Ponder on that. I do know that we're in the beginning of the most intense birthing pains. And I know that Mother Earth has provided us for everything that we would ever want or need, just like a mother that takes care of her child. I remember one time up at the 12-sided lodge, a whole three days or four days, we had to eat off the land. We did get a peanut butter sandwich one time. (laughs) But uh, we made our salads out of all the things that the earth could provide for us. And we learned what to eat and what not to eat. We used oil and a little bit of uh, vinegar type, you know, with the cranberries and the wild uh, blueberries, dandelions. Now, the dandelions stuck out with me the most. I pulled one up today, a yellow one, because to me the dandelion is like my life. It looks like a weed, and it probably is, but, you know, it has its mission here, its purpose. So if I look at that dandelion, it's all puffy and white as it blows in the wind. It just starts to float. It's not anxious. It just floats and goes with the flow. Some parts started to be planted, and some parts in a new destination to unfold. Not worrying, not in a hurry, just going with the flood. Now, Creator speaks to us in so many ways, but the main way is the winds. The winds, the four directions, Creator speaks to us. The wind that you feel is the breath of the Creator. The wind, you never know where it's going to go. Or where it's going to land. But if you listen. Like that of an owl. And just close your eyes. And feel yourself as an owl. I promise you. You will be able to tune in. And tune out all. Those sounds in your ears. Those little crickets or whatever. Or the music or the background. You will be able to hear. I've been practicing for two weeks now. 
without knowing I was doing it till the other day. But I would become an owl. And I would listen with one ear and learn to take the other ear without touching it and tune it totally out. And then balance it to the other side and listen to the other side of the ear. See what I had there. She just really listened. I want to thank everybody for the energy that they've been thinking and wondering who I am and what I'm doing, what I'm all about, because I do not shed my personal out there. But I want to thank you guys for all the taps and the wonderful hugs and the feelings of curiosity. That was my favorite. Who is this person? Where is she coming from and where is she getting this stuff? And, you know, have you heard? Have you heard? Have you heard? No, no. <laughs> you know, but the thing is, is, hey, I'm just one of the kids out there birthing myself. And I think of all the people that come towards me and I can feel the energy. Once I learn the person's energy, I can tell when it hits me, you know, like a brush on the side of my arm or my cheek or I just feel the energy just as if that person's standing me in the face. And uh, it's really interesting to have that as part of my gifts. The thing is, is that I'm very careful as a moral code to not go into other people's energy and read into them, to talk about them, or to tap them in any way, shape, or form. Because that throws off their equilibrium of what they're doing and thinking and feeling. Because everybody's sensitive. We were all born with instincts. We were all born with intuition. You can try to turn it off all you want. It's there. If you really want to get into somebody or something or what you need in a connection, a one-on-one, or even higher purposes, think of old that old Cadillac that uh, Elvis Presley gave his mama, that pink Cadillac. Remember those old radio dials? Turn on music. And you have to get that frequency just right onto that station and hold your mouth just from pull up that antenna. Think of yourself is that radio dial and think of the frequency that you need to tune into to really connect with the person that you want to connect with to understand or to be a part of your world. Only if it's mutual. And when it's done, you turn it off and go about your business. Each person has another frequency that another person doesn't have. But they may have a different frequency in other given time. So what I feel in my heart is that we're all made up of all these colors of chords. If you think about like it, like wires, every billions of colors you can think of. I keep my umbilical cord, the silver and gold connected to God. And every time I hurt or have an upset, it gets a nod in it just to make it that much stronger because My setbacks make me stronger if I apply them to a lesson. Just like the strong man working out has to add those weights in order to gain more of the strength that they need. I'm really careful not to ask God for strength. Because, boy, he's going to give me some lessons. Hmm. But, um, 
You think of each person that comes into your world that is really connected to you. They have their own color cord. Say mine's purple right now that connects to their mother drum. Or say it's green that connects to BBS radio. Or it's red that connects to the passion of a relationship. Everybody's got a core that pulls into them that is that specific place that wires up a body of a person. And it's up to us when we're done to clip that cord so that it doesn't stay attached. If we're in a session with one another or if we have, you know, parted or even if, you know, even if a new person comes into my life and we sit and talk a little bit or whatever, I take a pair of old black handled scissors in my thoughts you know, the kind that grandma used to use, pink and shears or whatever, and I clip that cord very clean. The reason I clip it clean is I think of an umbilical cord. How did the doctor cut them clean? If I ripped it away, it would be a slow letting go of something or, you know, it could hurt. So when they're ready to attach back with thoughts telepathically, which I do a lot with many people, um, Make sure that you're in your center and you have cleaned yourself and your space and you have taken all the vehicle of others' karma, which people tend to like to give to people. They'll go and dump something on a person with, you know, upsets or strife or something that they're looking for. And then they forget about it and go on because they got it out of the system. But the person that they shared it with, if they don't cleanse themselves and and wipe that energy off and clip that cord, they're going to be a vehicle for karma. They're going to be carrying around all that junk that person just dumped on them. And we carry it around without knowing. We go, you know, the real guilt, the false guilt, and the shame. Well, shame is placed upon us by other people. But guilt is self-inflicting on ourselves because we have the real guilt. It's just like if somebody stole something, you'd have guilt, you know, if you were anybody for a little bit of morals, it'd hurt you. Uh, whether it's some words or some phrases or some, you know, whatever it is, that that's a real guilt. Now, false guilt is when someone says, I'll be the person. I'm going to put some false guilt on, say, my daughter. Even though I'm not really, this is not real, I'm putting the cord just hypothetically. She's having a good time, and she's excited, and she's going to go out to a party, maybe back when she's 16, 17. Now it's going to be left by myself at the house. And I really wanted to go hang out with those kids because they're fun. But uh, I said something to her like, I didn't, but this is what I'm using. I'll go on and have a good time. I'll just sit here and watch TV or something. I'll be all right. Don't worry about me. I, I might fall or you know, because I'm like 80 years old now. You know, talk like that. You think how your words are manipulating the person that is going to go do something that you want to do subconsciously because we're wired from the old thought patterns to throw that out there. And then Ashley could be at that party or whatever, 
It's the, oh my gosh, I need to go home. I wonder what mom's doing. I wonder if she's okay. That's false guilt. Okay? And there's a, there's a ways and means to get around that. I learned this from Terry Lynn Whitaker. One of the books I had to read in college was called What You Think of Me. It's none of my business. That was probably one of the greatest books I ever read. But what people think of me is really none of my business. Because I know who I am today. I know how I live today. And I'm the one that has to live with myself. I'm not going to hold myself on and have them hold me in contempt or on court. And and if I do that, if I allow that to affect me, a person, then I'm on jury. I mean, the jury's, you know, coming in with a verdict. I'm my own jury of all of them. I'm also the DA, and I'm also the prosecutor and the judge. For I know what I'm down in a dungeon, locked down in a dungeon with why, what, you know, looking at for reasons and answers to why I allowed that to affect me. So if I look at no one can have my power, my little cord that connects to them, you know, when we communicate, because that's power and, you know, communicating, which is great. But remember to cut your cords gently and bless the name. Because that's what it's all about. Blessing everybody. I look forward to meeting uh, White Eagle and uh, learning more about the Whirling Rainbow Foundation. Sharing with you guys. It will be a pre-record next Tuesday, which is bow time, which is evenly yoke time. You know? That's Okay, let's close with Bear. That's a prelude opening. This is all of White Eagle's work and and the people that sing with the drum.
And with that, I want to thank everyone for listening tonight. And listen up and tune in next Tuesday, same time, 8 o'clock Eastern, 5 o'clock Pacific. This is Kathy Cook, Bridging Wisdom, One Wisdom Spoke at a Time.